Well, guys, we're in this series, Fresh Start, Fresh Start. Uh, last week was uh, Back to Church, uh, Welcome Back to Church, and we kicked off our Fresh Start series, and we celebrated seven years of existence as Anchor. Come on. And uh, what a great time. Um, I remember every last one of you who threw that ball at the Duncan booth and it hit me. I promise I won't pray for you this week. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. But no, it was just a great time to be together and hanging out with you guys. But as we go through this series, we're going to tackle a few things. Like I said, this series is just about a bunch of people who are messed up, who needed a savior and a fresh start. Can I get an amen? And that should be all of us, all of us who are messed up and we needed a fresh start with God. So um, I want you guys, as we go through this series, to just think about areas in your life where you need to uh, just renew, uh, whether it's a relationship with your family. Family, whether it's relationship with God, whether it's relationship with your community, whether it's relationship with your uh, subordinates or whatever it is, just think about those relationships that need to be renewed and don't let the enemy rob you of the power in those relationships. Amen. So somebody say fresh start. I want to open up with this scripture and I'm going to read it the way I felt. All right. This is the way I felt when I wrote the scripture. Okay. This is the way I felt. All right. Psalms 122 and one. It says this. I was glad when they said to me, let us go into the house of the Lord. That's how I felt. When I was writing this, I was like, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Okay, pastor, why did you feel that way? I felt that way because coming off a pandemic, when we didn't go into the house of the Lord, some of us devalued that experience. And I noticed I did in a small sense. I I didn't value coming together with all you guys and hanging out. But when David wrote this, he wrote it this way. I was glad when they said unto me, oh, let us go into the house of the Lord. Because David understood what it was like not being able to gather together in the presence of God, not just by yourself. There is an experience that you can get when you're at home and you listen to worship and you're hanging out isolated, but it's something about coming in a room full of broken humanity where people who say, uh, despite my brokenness, I'm a worship of God that can put me back together. Come on, isn't it amazing that we can come together Together and not have to be perfect, but we can be perfectly broken and serve a perfect God. That, that is amazing. So today I want to talk about a fresh start with church attendance. Uh, so have you ever been, so so we, we've been trying to do this vacation thing, my wife and I, my family, we try to do it every year and uh, every other year we'll take a big vacation. Every year in between that we call it a staycation, you know, that, that's for us people who balling on a budget, you know, so we can't take big vacations every year. We got to do staycation. So it's like get a hotel nearby and we call it a vacation. Be like, y'all better go swim in that pool outside and call it a day. Act like it's Splash Mountain. Come on, you just splashing the, the pool ain't number four feet deep, but you better get in there and act like it's the biggest water park you've ever been to in your life. But then every other year, we'll go on a big trip, you know, um, and when we go on vacation, uh, we, we, we like to stay at least, you know, five to seven days on a vacation. How many of you like to do that on vacation, all right, if you're able to do that, all right, la di da everybody. So now, when you're on vacation, the thing about vacation is, because at home, you have to take care of the bills, you have AC, you 
may have a leaky, leaky faucet. You may have a dog that likes to dig in the backyard. What's that about? You may, I mean, you, you have a leaky toilet. I mean, you, you got to cook for yourself. You have to do all these things when you're at home. So when you go on vacation, you leave all that stuff at home and you're having a great time. And I'm telling you, I love the first few days of vacation. It's like, no worries. I don't have to worry about it. The kids whining. I just ignore them. It doesn't matter. I mean, they can be in other room. Hey, y'all go in y'all room on a vacation because we do Airbnb. So you get your own room. You go hang out in your room. We're going to hang out in our room. I don't have to see you if I don't want to. We're only going to see you when we get in the car and you shut up when we get in the car till we get to where we're going. And then when we get to where we're going, one, two, three, break. Y'all go do what y'all do. We're going to do what we do. All right. It's vacation. It's a great time. But it's something about the third night going into the fourth day. I start missing home. I, I just want to go home. Like, I don't care how comfortable the bed is I'm sleeping in, it ain't mine. I don't care how beautiful the house is, it's not mine. And all I want to do is get back to the things I was trying to escape. Don't let me go on vacation without my kids. I mean, I love being grown and alone for a little while. But there comes a point always in our, our, our vacation where we go, I just want to hug my babies. I just want to get home. Well, well what are you saying, Pastor? What, what, what does it have to do with having a fresh start? Well, the thing is, when you're on vacation, you're, you're vacationing, vacationing away, and the pandemic gave us all the vacation from coming to the house. We were able to do church in our pajamas. We were able to hang out and cut our grass on Sunday. If I wanted a barbecue on Sunday morning, nobody bothered me. I got to watch an empty stadium football game. I could stay up late as I want on Saturday because I don't have to get up on Sunday morning. I can cook all day. I can do all these things. But just like us, when we're away from our kids on vacation, I remember I left something I really loved. And what I loved was back at home. And that was the people of God. That was the experience of lifting my hands in worship with everyone else. So when we think about church attendance, we don't think about just the mundane routine of coming week after week. We think about coming back to a place that we love. Coming back and doing the things that we love. I love working in the house of the Lord. I love serving in the house of the Lord. So when David said, I was glad when they said unto me, oh, let us go back in the house of the Lord. I think this ought to be the theme psalm for our generation. Let's be glad for us to come back. I know there's a lot of you brought people with you this week and thank God for you bringing people with you this week. Keep, keep doing that. Keep bringing and, and getting people back in the routine of coming back to what they love because when you get here, you realize that, hey, I do really love this. I do really love seeing people. I may not like them, but I love them. I love hanging out with people. And you know, but, but this is my first thought. The church was God's idea and the art for our generation. Now, oftentimes when we talk about the church, you know, people individualize the word church, but the word church is a plural word. When you look at it, it's es ecclesia. It's multiple people. It is the called out ones. So you can be the church as an individual, but what good is a brick to itself if it's not building a building? 
So you can be an individual all you want, but you're not serving your purpose if you're not connected to the bigger thing. Can I get an amen? amen? And what we've done during the pandemic, we've adapted an isolated faith to where it's about me. It is a consumeristic Christianity to where as long as God is blessing me, but God is not just trying to bless you. Every blessing that happened in your life is to go through you, not to you. And that's why it's important that we're gathering in, in anchor groups and we're gathering in Sunday morning uh, fellowship and Sunday morning worship because it is God's idea, not Pitt's idea. Come on. I could have picked a very, a very lucrative career. <laughs> Hello. Right? And so, but in 1 Corinthians, Paul writes to the church at Corinth, to the church at Corinth. Let me say that again. To the church at Corinth. So those those who you may be watching online, whenever you're watching this, you may be pandemic uh, sick right now, and, and, and you got used to not attending the local church. The local church existed a long time. Maybe not like this, but the only reason we do church like this is because when you get in your car, you like listening to stereo music. When you're at home, you like HD screens. <laughs> anyway. First Corinthians one and two, it says, I am writing to God's church in Corinth to you who have been called by God to be his own holy people. He made you holy by means of Christ Jesus, just as he did for all people everywhere who call on the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Their Lord is ours. When you're an individual, you can't say he's our Lord. You want your own personal Jesus. He's my personal Jesus. Yes, he died for you individually, but he also died for the body of Christ that we can be the conduit of his glory. We just sent the team because of the church to Jackson, Mississippi, who can't have drinking water. We sent the team to Jackson that did an overnight turnaround trip to go take water to Jackson, Mississippi as the church. There's someone, uh, one of the young ladies uh, play volleyball with my daughter uh, at Woodlawn. Her parents are from Jackson, and they have family up there who don't have drinking water. And they, were bene- they benefited personally from us bringing water to Jackson. Come on, let's thank the Lord for the generosity of the church. See, many people have devalued the church because of human error. Oh, I don't like the church because that pastor is, is not, he, 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 he's a sinner too. Yes, I am. And I need Jesus just like you. Come on. Well, they're messed up too. I was in church and they had people in there getting divorced. Yes, they were. Well, I was in church and there were people struggling with homosexuality. Thank the Lord. Oh, man. Can we be the real church? Why do we have to be an exclusive fraternity? Our sorority instead of an inclusive body that's here to minister to people that are hurting in ways that we may not understand. Your struggle may not be my struggle, but here's the thing. The God that saved me from my struggle is the same God that wants to save you from your struggle. And if I don't get around people who struggle just like me, I'll think I'm isolated in the struggle. 
Do you see the importance of church? And so we say, because the church is messed up, or we look at the 21st century church and all of her errors. And we say, I don't want to be a part of that. That's very prideful of you. Like, you're not messed up. Everybody is born with what we call a birthmark. The birthmark, here it is, is an imperfection in the body. And if our anatomy, mm, why do we think that the church is going to be perfect? We will not be perfect, Thessalonians says, until we see him, we'll be made like him. Come on, there's going to be messed up. There's going to be some days where you come in and I don't speak to you. I don't mean it. But maybe like this morning, we were extremely busy. We were working out some stuff, some kinks and some things. And I probably walked right past her. And some of you probably got offended. It's fine. I love you anyway. The greeter didn't open the door for me. I had to grind the door for myself. Oh, they didn't sing my song. Oh, they had, they had smoke coming down in their church. What was up with the smoke? The next person, they didn't have enough smoke in that church. What's going on with the smoke? Oh, the music was too loud. I didn't want to go to a rock and roll concert. Well, the music wasn't loud enough. <laughs> I've been doing this long enough to know every complaint. He didn't read enough scripture in the beginning. Jesus. Look at this statement. Take a picture of this. The church existed long before the 21st century in Western civilization. So we can't think of the church from what we see in America. We have to think of his original intent. The original intent was to give people a place to meet. So uh, in the Old Testament, it was called a tent of meeting. Exodus 33, 7 through 10, it says this. It was Moses. Moses' practice to take the tent of meeting and set it up some distance from the camp. Everyone who wanted to make a request of the Lord would go to the tent of meeting outside of the camp. Whenever Moses went out to the tent of meeting, all the people would get up and stand in the entrance of their own tents. They would all watch Moses until until he disappeared inside. As he went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and hover at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. When the people saw the cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they would stand and bow down in front of their own tents. Bow down. That word bow down is where we get our word worship or worship or to give weight to. And so that's why we enter his course with thanksgiving, enter his gates with praise in our hearts in here. That's why we worship first. Because when we stand at the court, we say, God, we worship you. Thank you for your presence. That's why worship should be so passionate. I was sharing with our team this morning. We have to be more passionate in our expression of our love towards God. I, I look at the crazy fanatical fans and, and I'm, a, I'm probably the, I'm a bigger Tiger and Jaguar fan than all you guys and, and I stand up and I, and I root and I cheer but I will not cheer louder for a Tiger or a Jaguar more than I cheer for a lamb. So the same passion I'm going to exhibit on a Saturday is the same passion I'm going to exhibit 
on a Sunday. And so the tent of meeting, then we had the tabernacle that was built. First Kings six and one, it says it was in mid spring in the month of Zeev during the fourth year of Solomon's reign that he began to construct the temple of the Lord. This was 480 years after the people of Israel were rescued from their slavery in the land of Egypt, 480 years after the Exodus. And so now they, they begin to build this temple for the Lord. Uh, there's a song that says heaven is my home, earth is my footstool, uh, but where's the house that you built for me? And so we, we need to build a house for God, number one, in our hearts, but congruently together as a congregation in our worship as we come together and we call it the church. But at the completion of this temple, I love what happened. Watch this, Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles 5, 12 through 14. It says, and the Levites who were musicians... Musicians, uh, Aspha, Heman, Jethon, and all the sons and brothers were dressed in fine linen robes and stood at the east side of the altar playing cymbals, lyres, and harps. They were joined by 120 priests who were playing trumpets. I should have brought my trumpet today. Oh, it's in my car. The trumpeters and the singers performed together in unison to praise and give thanks to who? How? Together, right? Together to give praise and thanks to the Lord, accompanied by trumpets, cymbals, and other instruments. They did what? And what? With these words, he is good. His faithful love endures forever. At that moment, a thick cloud filled the temple of the Lord. The priests could not continue their service because of the cloud for the glorious presence of the Lord filled the temple of God. This was so, the completion of the temple was so important to God that he blessed them with his manifested presence. They call it the Shekinah glory or the kabod, the weightiness of God. That, that's what it is, the weightiness of God. I don't know about you, but I want God to come in our services and sit. Just rest in our service. And he sits on us. I, I long for the day to where I stand up to preach and I can't. I just have to get out the way. Y'all think I like preaching to you? This is, this is a lesson. Preaching to you is the hardest thing I do. It stresses me out. I had hair before I started preaching. But it was so important. It was destroyed. And God commissioned for it to be built again. Watch Ezra chapter 1. This is what King Cyrus of Persia said. The Lord, the God of heaven, was given me all, has given me all the kingdoms on the earth. He has appointed me to build him a temple at Jerusalem, which is in Judah. And any of you who are his people may go to Jerusalem in Judah to rebuild the temple of the Lord. Any of you who are his people. Now, this is written to a specific group of people, but we, we want to uh, uh, use it as a reference, as a launching point uh, for us. And, and I want to draw, draw the actual context of the scripture to the contemporary of our lives, which is this. If any of you is God people, go back and rebuild what we have, but better. All the things we thought was wrong, let's fix it. Because what the pandemic exposed was this. We got into the mundane routine of coming to the house of God and we denied the power of God. We started saying it don't take all that. Oh, let's just be cool, church. 
Let, let's, 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 I, I want to be cool. Let's, let, let's just be the cool church where we can hang out with it. And, and now, now we were experienced people who were feeling convicted but not converted. We we're feeling people that was feeling excited, but not, uh, you know, extolled in their heart to where they want to praise God. They wanted to praise the worship team. We learned how to sing well. We learned how to do all these things. That's why sometimes here we'll strip down worship. And we just have an acoustic guitar, somebody singing. People come in, they be like, wait, what's wrong with them? Uh, because you're spoiled. <laughs> We come here for one reason and one reason alone, and that's to bring hope to every soul through the power of Jesus Christ. Yes, I'm crazy. I'm crazy for Jesus. And I want to please my father more than I want to please you. Come on, somebody. Are you with me? So what's the benefits? What's the benefits of church, of the church for individuals. The benefits of church for the individuals are this. Number one, we find faithful friends and family. Faithful friends and family. I spend more time with you guys as my family than I do with my biological family, believe it or not. I love y'all so stinking much. With all my heart, I love y'all. Trying to not get emotional. I, I, I mean, I'm serious. Every hug I get, every, I mean, I love your children. I, I love everything about you, everything. Well, pastor, you don't know me. I don't care. I love you. Why? Because the father loves you. And I firmly believe the scripture when he said, I'll give you a pastor after my own heart. And he has broken my heart for the people. I'm not here for the pristine uh, worship of my position. As a matter of fact, that's why I let people call me pits. When I introduce myself, they don't know I'm a pastor. When I go meet people, I'll be like, hi, I'm Fitzpatrick Pitts. How are you doing? Then later they'll be like, why you didn't tell me you was a pastor? Because pastor is not who I am. I don't want you to work because y'all change when people tell you they're pastor. Y'all just say, oh, praise God. How you doing? Glory to God. I don't have a clue who you are. I want to know you. <laughs> but when we come here, I find faithful friends and family. See, the church provides a strong community for people who may need a support system. I remember when my sister and my sister-in-law, my sister died of cancer. My sister-in-law was murdered. If I didn't have the church, my wife and I would have lost our mind. If I didn't have the church, I mean, if I didn't have people I can go to and pray me through and walk with me through. I still, I mean, even to this day, thank God for the church when I go through things. It's family. We're there for people. And we're still learning how to do that. I remember one day Corey wanted to come cut my grass. I heard it had been cut before he got there. I wasn't feeling good either. He was like, hey, Rev, I'm going to go cut your grass. I was like, no, you're not. (laughs) I'm learning. But that's family. That's what family is about. So when you rob yourself of this room, you're robbing yourself of, watch this, the Bible calls us brothers in the Lord and sisterate. Brethren and sisterin. That's it. My wife's going to make sure I throw that in there. Boy, I tell you. 
21st century church. <laughs> Passion translation. And <laughs> in Acts, it tells us that when the church came together, they gave everything so no one had, so no one had nothing. Just like I used the example of Jackson. Um, we have uh, Natasha that's in uh, Thailand right now. We're able to send missionaries to Thailand. We're able to take care of a church in Matamoros. We're able, uh, just this week alone, we, we were able, last week, uh, the twins, they went over to uh, MSA and, and stocked the teacher's lounge. And why, why is that? It's important that we do that. As a church, we're getting ready, Joe, getting ready to cook for the uh, police department uh, here. We're getting ready to do all these things. Why? Because that's what it's about. That's what it's about. And we have faithful friends and family, and we come together as a family, and every Sunday should be a family reunion. We should do the bus stop every Sunday morning. Yeah, just... Every Sunday morning. Come on. Amen. So, faithful friends and family. The second benefit is we find purpose. Finding purpose. We find purpose. There is no purpose apart from the Father. You have no purpose unless the Father is a part of your life. He's the only one. Watch this. The Creator tells the created what it's for. Right? So, if I create something out of Legos, I tell that Lego what it's going to (laughs) be. It might not be that to you, but I built it. It's Darth Vader to me. (laughs) Even though it looked like a Tyrannosaurus Rex. But no, the creator, God created all of us. He is the creator. We were made in his image, imago Dei. We're image bearers of God, light bearers of God. So if God created us, he has to give us, give us purpose. And when we come to the house of God, we join with everyone else and we fulfill that purpose. Because when we are a part of the local church, we are connected with the commission to bring hope, the hope of Jesus to the world. He says, uh, when I, I love when he gives the great commission and he says, go ye therefore into all teaching them all to do baptizing them in the name of the father. We have baptism this morning. We have worship. We observe in his commandments. We're making things happen in the, because we want to give God the glory. Are you with me? Are you tracking with me? Am I going too fast? All right. So, because when we come together, we can do so much more, so much more. So it, just because you're, um, it's amazing because what we try to do here, so we have, we have teachers, a lot of teachers in our church. We have nurses in our church. We have people who work in service industry and people who work in the music industry. This morning I had to call Ryan, go get Ryan, help, help, can we please? You know, and he was able to hook up and we were able to do things. Why? Because your, your gifts Yes, you can go do your job with your gifts, but you also can advance the gospel with your gifts. Oh, I just messed with somebody right there. There's a guy uh, that gets lawnmowers off side the road, fix them, and give them away so he could share the gospel. That's Trish's brother-in-law. He hook a brother up, boy. He hooked me up with good stuff too, boy. I love him. I'd be like, you could preach to me as long as you bring me that long. Come on, preach. <laughs> Whew. Come on, brother Mark. Ah. But no, that's his ministry. 
He's like, the Lord gave me the ability to fix small engines, and this is what I'm going to do, and I'll share. If someone needs it, I'll do it, and that's my ministry, brother. Do y'all see, see how this works? And now we're able to minister to the body of Christ. You, you got a financial ministry. God, well, there's people in the church that's broke that need to know how to manage their money. All right, you, you've been through a, a rough marriage and now God has healed your marriage. Guess what? There's people in the church that need your ministry. Do, do you see how this works? And you find purpose. So number one, you find faithful friends and family. Number two, you find purpose. Number three, you find freedom. Somebody say freedom. There is power to set you free in the house of God where the gospel is preached and Jesus is the center of our worship. That's why you'll hear during worship sometimes people would just scream and yell out because I, I just that uh, I think what that what that was Tuesday night at, when we were at the conference and worship man I thought my head was going to explode I had the weight of this church on my shoulders and I didn't know it and man worship it was just going higher and higher and higher and higher before you know it I'm standing in the middle of the aisle making a plump fool out of myself for Jesus. Come on, I didn't care who was looking, I didn't care who cared about it. I was carrying something and I was able to lay it at the feet of Jesus. So, for you, Jesus, for you, I don't care what my neighbor thinks. I was elbowing my wife all in the face. She got me back. She, true story. I, I, this had nothing to do with this. True story. She kneeled down and was worshiping because I like to express myself a little more than her. And she kneeled down and was crying on the ground. And I didn't know she kneeled down. And I tripped. I just laid out like I was. <laughs> you saw me do it, huh? I was just. I'm down here now. Oh, well. And I got to lay down here long enough to make people think it was spiritual. Won't be nobody's TikTok today. <laughs> oh, gosh. Pray for me. <laughs> Just trip me like that in front of people. Don't do that in front of my friends. Come on up, team. So we find freedom. Romans 10, 13 to 14 says this. Is this good? Are you learning something? Yeah. Do y'all see the importance of uh, getting a fresh start with our church attendance? Yes. All right, I hope I'm, I'm spelling this out correctly. Romans 10, 13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Will be saved. But watch this. But how can they call on him to save them unless they believe in him? And how can they believe in him if they have never heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless someone tells them? You may cannot enunciate the glorious gospel or the Roman road to lead someone. But guess what? I went to school so I can do it for you. Bring them here. I promise you the gospel will be preached. I promise you they will experience the presence of God and lives will be changed. 
You'll see people grow in their love for Jesus. You'll see their lives restored and their hearts lifted up for Jesus. And I love the next part of that. It said, beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news about good things, man. You get a pedicure in church. Come on, somebody. I need one now. Faithful friends and family, find purpose, find freedom. And the last one is this, finding home. I was glad when they said unto me, oh, let us go into the house of the Lord. Ephesians 2, 19 through 22, and the message says this. That's plain enough, isn't it? You are no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You are no longer strangers or outsiders. You belong here with as much right to the same Christian, to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of, irrespective of how we got here. In what he is building, he used the apostles and the prophets as a foundation. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God. All of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home. That's what we're building. That's what we're building. We're not building this, 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 this mega ministry that, that, that may be, you know, the, the cool church to go to. No, we're building a temple where God can say is home. That's what Anchor's going to be. It's going to be a place where God feels comfortable coming in. He doesn't feel like a guest, but he feels like home. That's a good place to clap if you're going to clap. Just go ahead and put those hands together for the lie of the enemy that he told. But we want to make this place a home for the living God to where he come in and he just stretch out. The Bible says he inhabits, which means he makes a, a place. He dwells there. He inhabits the praises of the individual. His people. Plural. And so when we come together, we need to build a home for God, brick by brick. You're a brick, 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 you're a brick. A lot of everybody in here, you're a brick with all your imperfections. You ever picked up a brick and this brick is chipped and this brick is chipped? The builder, the builder doesn't throw it away. He put it in and the martyr puts it together and then he put the cornerstone in and all the imperfections still get to build an integrity. And so what am I saying? You may be messed up, but God still will use you. Come on, somebody. He still wants to use you. Come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet right where you are. I fully understand what David meant when he said, I was glad when they said unto me, oh, let us go into the house of the Lord. Because sometimes I look at myself and I say, well, I'm chipped here. I got a blemish here. I mess up here. And God said, it doesn't matter. That's going to be covered up when we put you together with the other bricks. 
Because where you're chipped, the other brick is whole. Where you're broken, somebody else is put together. And they want to minister to you and they want to come to you and they want to endear you and embrace you. Listen, we can't forsake the gathering of ourselves. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 to 25. Watch this. Let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. There are people that need to know Jesus now more than ever before. He is coming back. He will part the eastern sky. People need to hear this gospel. People need to have hope in this dark time and you have the gospel inside of you. Let's get them in the environment of faith. Can we do that? Can we do that? Guys, listen. I hope that I did a good job. Man, I labored over this. I, I, I prepared this message in front of some of our elders and stuff. And I, I said, I want to show y'all how I prepare a message. And I showed them how I prepared. And it was just flowing out of me because I neglected. I'm telling you, I'm no different than you. I was excited when we got to stay home. Don't you leave me up here by myself. None of y'all was like, oh, another week to stay home. Oh, I need to go to church. No, you didn't. He was like, all this stuff. And then what happened is we began to fill the space that, that 75 minutes we used to give God, we spent that 75 minutes giving it to ourselves. And we became very selfish. And, and here it is. Instead of saying, God, I'm going to give you a day, a Sabbath. I'm going to give you one. God, I'm going to give you this. He and I, I mean, just come on now. They gathered. Come on. We, we're just saying, get in a group, come to church. Get in a group, come to church. It's fine. You're good. But it's not just for... For our numbers. Do you hear me? Yes, Anchor is growing. It's fine. That's great. I love it. Anything healthy grows. So that, that has nothing to do with me. That has everything to do with the Father. But this is the thing. What I want you to understand is I want you healthy. And it's healthy to be around other believers. Who's ever been hurt in this house? In, in church? Like church hurt. Real church hurt. Handstand. Church hurt, real church hurt. How many of you still feel that hurt? Be honest with me, 100% honest. I still cry over the things that happened to me. My wife and I, we still mourn. My kids, they were affected by it. I mean, a lot of things happened. But you know what my favorite saying is this? People did that, God didn't. So how can I say, because of church hurt, I love Jesus, but I hate his woman. I can't, I tell y'all this, Anchor, you heard me say this before. I dare you to say, Pastor, I love you, but I hate Pastor T. We're going to fight. I'm going to punch you dead in the mouth. Because that's, that's me. And we're the bride of Christ. So if I love Jesus have to love his bride can I get amen? amen so those of you who experience her can we lower the lights a little bit um I, I want to pray for you just lift your hands right where you are don't be shy don't be ashamed those of you who experience her I want to pray for your heart this morning father I pray God now in the mighty master's name of Jesus father you said you'll take that stony heart and you'll replace it with the heart of flesh Father, I pray, God, that our heart will begin to beat for the thing 
that your heart beats for. Give us your heart, God. Give us a God's eye view of your church. Father, I pray, God, that you will remove the cloud, the gray cloud that rests over the church in our generation. And God, I pray, God, that men and women of God with integrity will begin to rise up and declare the, and declare the gospel of truth. Let people that are passionate about the truth of the word and not the position of pastor stand up and declare that they love the people, God. I pray, God, that the people will begin to love your house again. God, I call people back from the north, the south, the east, and the west back to the house of God. Let us come back together a bunch of imperfect bricks but fitly joined together with you being the chief cornerstone. Not our culture, not our style, not our buildings but God, let you oh God be the cornerstone of what we're building. And God, I pray God that the joy that rested upon David will rest upon us and let us get up on Sunday mornings or whenever we go to worship and say, I was glad when they said unto me, Oh, let us go into the house of the Lord. In Jesus Christ's name, amen, amen. Come on, let's give God the best shout of praise right here. I said, let's give him the best shout of praise. Come on, can somebody get a little crazy for Jesus? Come on, can somebody get a little crazy for Jesus? Can we get a little, do a little dance for Jesus? Amen. Amen. I, I, I want to share something with you um, about how much God cares about the church. And, and, and this is something, for those of you who don't know, uh, we've been leasing this property. And, um, and we were just trying to fill out whether or not where we were supposed to be as a church. And we're like, all right, we're going to lease it. We're going to see. And uh, man, just through prayer talking with the overseers, talking with our elders, talking with our trustees, we decided that we need to go ahead and put down roots as anchor. Um, we're, tired, we're tired of moving from place to place. Those of you who've been an anchor longer than me know what I'm talking about. This morning I had a glimpse of mobile church hooking that up real fast. Don't ever want to do that again. Don't ever want to do that again. Not grace for that. Mm-mm, not grace. I'll just be on the team. <laughs> All right, but now, um, but we want to buy this place, but how many of you know it takes money to buy property? And Anchor, you guys are generous, more than generous. But we have to raise $100,000. Woo, that's a big number for some of us. Well, it was a big number for me. So I told you about dancing in, in, in church, and, and I bear that weight as the pastor. I'm like, man, because I don't do good talking about money in church. Oh, that's just not something I do. My overseers rebuke me about it. I just don't. I don't. Don't like talking about money. I was supposed to tell y'all this last week, but I <laughs> was like, see y'all next week. <laughs> but um, no, we're, so we're trying to purchase this building. I was like, Lord, how, how are we going to do that? Number one, we're going to take a portion of our hope offering this year is going towards the building. So we're, we're going into this season of fundraising for the church. And, and uh, we need your help as a church. And so at the conference, I was, so this guy was preaching, Pastor Yoakum, he was preaching about uh, expanding our hearts, expanding our hearts, expanding your hearts, opening your heart for God to do a miracle. And he was talking about how they did a Christian concert in the middle of Disney, which is crazy. How they rented out a whole cruise, a Norwegian cruise ship and had 3,000 youth and did a youth conference on a cruise ship 
Don't want to do that. Too many chaperones. Probably be an easy chaperone. Get, you know, we're doing a party on a cruise ship. Who want to be a chaperone? Me, you know, but anyway. But he was talking about that, and it was kind of stretching my faith. And I was like, God, I'm just asking for 100000 And And I was like, but Lord, I carry that. I don't want to put that on the people. I carry it, Lord. You have to do something. And I told the Lord, I said, Lord, if you really want to do this and you believe in what Anchor doing, you got to give me a sign. You have to give me a sign. And I shared that with my pastor, and, I, and he was just encouraging me, saying, hey, you can do this. And, and a pastor friend of mine, Pastor Marcella, shout out to the church in New Jersey. Uh, they, they, they were in a building project three years ago. They built the building. The building collapsed, so it cost them double. And they, their church is full of immigrants. And so they don't have a lot of money. And so they needed $600,000. And he was sharing with myself and my wife. And now they had to double that to get it done. And uh, he was just sharing. So in the middle of worship, this guy, Brazilian guy, hey, hey, brother. I couldn't understand a word he was saying. He was like, hey, let me get your something. I thought he was for my social security number. I don't know what, what he was asking about. I was like, no, I can't help out immigrants like that. Can't, there's one of me, one of me, one of me, one of me. Move, move, move. But, but no, he was asking for our web address. <laughs> well, let me get your web address. And I was like, all right, cool. I gave it to him. And I was like, what this dude vet me? What he trying to peep me out? What he's going to rob our church or something? Trying to see how we do church on Sunday, whatever was going on. I'm serious. I'm skeptical. I told you I've been hurt in church. All right. Pray for me. And so he's asking me for this. And I'm like, cool. So going through worship. And, and that's when I had that encounter with God. And I was like, God, you got to show me that you believe in what I'm getting ready to ask the people. And uh, he was like, okay, I- I'll show you. So service was over. It was over. Worship was through the roof. My head was hurt. All of our hair was hurt. None of us had a voice from screaming to the Lord. And we're getting ready to walk out. And then he was like, uh, Pastor Peace, Pastor Peace, Pastor Peace, Pastor Peace, come see. And I come over. And uh, he had our website open. And he was like, the Lord showed me. He said, put, put the graph up for me. He showed me. He said, the Lord showed me 20 blocks high, five blocks across. 20 blocks out, five blocks call. And he said, each block represent a family saying, hey, look, I'll give $1,000 towards that, which is, that's 100 blocks, which is 100,000. I was like, okay, wow, that's cool. God gave you that. That's awesome. Praise God. He spoke to you. Well, he believed. Amen. And uh, he said, uh, there are going to be families that partner with y'all that buy five blocks and 10 blocks and say, I'll take three blocks. I'll take this. And he said, each block gets shaded in. As they, and we're going to put it out in the lobby. Each block, as you commit, you shade it in. You don't have to pay it all at once. You can pay it over a period of time. But see that block right there in the corner? That block's right there in the corner. You see it, the blue block. And I looked at it. I was looking at this chart, and the blue block was uh, shaded in. And he was like, that's not the miracle. The miracle is this. The Lord told me to give the first thousand. Come on. Y'all ain't get excited like I got excited. He said, there's going to be people that's outside of Anchor, that's going to partner with Anchor and help us out. Not just us, but there's other people. He said, I, he said, I, I, and he didn't know what I asked the Lord. He said, I did this just to show you I believe in Anchor and what you guys are doing. Specifically, that fast. And I said, brother, don't you know, literally, when I was over there, I literally just asked the Lord to show me, and you got to show me you believe in this. And to hear you say that, and his whole team is right there, and they're rejoicing like they're building their building over what we're getting ready to do here at Anchor. So can we give God praise for what God is going to do? 
So what I'm asking, what am I asking? You may can't give the thousand, but you can give whatever you want to give. I mean, at Anchor, we never put any unmerited pressure. But if the Lord, ask the Lord what you should give. And uh, we're, we're, we're trying to do this within a year. We, we're in year, we just finished year one of our lease, right, Harrigill? Yeah, year one. We have two more years on our lease. Well, we want to purchase it by then. And uh, there's something else being worked out if we purchase it. It'll blow y'all mind what God has done on the other end to, to give alternate streams of revenue to anchor. It'll mess you up. But anyway, but whatever God's do, if, if we're going to have the chart outside, you just shade it in and say, this is my family. And you give. And he told this story about Death Valley. Y'all know what Death Valley is? LSU Stadium. No. <laughs> Clemson Stadium. No, it's not. Death Valley is a valley in California that's a desert. But every so often, rain comes over this desert and rains on Death Valley and it becomes this beautiful garden. And as he was telling that story, he said this, he said, it's, and he was like, how does it become a garden if it's a desert? He said, because somebody put a seed in the desert. So it was ready for the rain. And I'm asking you guys to just sow seed. Whatever that seed looked like, I don't know what it is, but I know it's a beautiful garden that'll blossom. And we're going to minister to the whole Highway 30 corridor. We're already ministering to the world. God has given us ideas about other countries to plant churches in. And we're asking you guys to partner with us. Uh, y'all don't know how hard this was for me. Um, so thank y'all for, for listening. Um, hopefully I never have to do this again. Uh, you laughing because he knows he knows I hate it I'm going to go ahead and close out uh, so you don't have to but thank y'all my heart is beating a thousand miles per hour I, I really I mean honestly because I take this seriously and so I just want to say I love y'all and I can't wait till the day we pay this property off and we're able to do what God called us to do as anchor which is bring hope to every soul amen how many of you are excited about Anchor? Come on and what God is doing. Thank you for joining us for this message. If you'd like to learn more about Anchor Chapel or support our ministries, you can visit anchorchapel.com or follow us on social media at Anchor Chapel. Have a great week.